encourage you to, to lean in uh, this morning as we begin a new series in the midst of our year-long focus of refreshing. What this whole year is about is being mindful and being reminded of the, the very fundamentals of the Christian faith, the things that God calls us to do that we often forget, uh, that we often get distracted from, uh, that allow us to, to experience refreshing. Uh, God expects our faith to matter. And, and we need to realize that your, your, your faith is only as meaningful as it is practical. Uh, faith in Jesus really is as only meaningful as it is practical. And if your faith is not meaningful, it's because it's really not making a, a change in your life. In this series, we're going we're gonna to talk about refreshing our priorities. And, and when our priorities are right and they center around Jesus Christ and he is the treasure of our heart, it changes the way we live. Priorities are important. They determine our motivation and purpose. Now, what is important in any given moment may change, but what is ultimately important stays the same. And we want to talk about ultimate things today, ultimate realities. You know, in basketball, I've noticed they've made a big deal, and I like it, about tucking in their jerseys. I like it. You look good, play good. I, I big, big believer in it. I appreciate they stop the game, say, tuck, tuck the shirt in. And that's a priority. But you know what? If a fight breaks out, or somebody gets injured, I don't expect the officials to come in and say, whoa, 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 put the jerseys, tuck them in, then we can, we can help, all right? Then we can figure out what's going on here. There, there needs to be right priorities. And any, any minor priority is always going to be led by your major priority because your ultimate priority defines our why. What is ultimately important defines our why. Why we do anything and everything is our ultimate authority. It, it, it's, it's driven by that. And our ultimate authority, three things. First of all, it needs to be comprehensive. It needs to be able to impact every aspect of our lives. Secondly, it's got to be sustainable. It's got to last as long as we do. You're eternal. Every one of us is eternal. We will never cease to exist. We will always. We not, may not have life on this planet, but every one of us has an immortal soul. So we need an ultimate priority that is going to last as long as we are. And our ultimate authority, it needs to be strong. It needs to be able to hold and inspire everything in our life. Now, look, there are many good things in this world. There are many created things, but they are not the, the only thing. They're not the ultimate thing that can provide for what we need. Listen, we, there are good things. And, and I don't want you to hear me saying that these are not good things. But if your life is built on a created thing that will not last, you're in danger. I mean, even something as good as a child, if you exist for your child or your children. Friends, I'm gonna tell you something, you're in trouble. There's a man who, who wrote one of my favorite, my favorite hymns, um, uh, the, It Is Well With My Soul. Um, he wrote that hymn in the midst of great suffering and loss. His children were drowned. And when they drowned, his life didn't end. His life didn't end because his life was built on something bigger. His ultimate priority was not his children. His ultimate priority and his ultimate treasure was God. And so Horatio Spafford, he was able to, to write this hymn that, that we still sing today. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. 
You can only say that and have confidence in that if Christ truly is your treasure. If your life is being sustained and built on a created thing, sooner or later, it is going to leave or die or break. And when it does, so will you. God is calling us to something higher and greater. He is calling us to treasure Jesus, the one who has the strength, who has the love, who has the capacity to hold us together. He is able and he is willing and he is worthy to be our ultimate priority so that we can know how to best use our treasure and time and talents. As we walk through this series, I'm hoping there's going to be some notifications that kind of pop up in your mind. I like the artwork for this, and it's, it's practical. I, I'm hoping even today there's going to be some notifications, some things kind of pop up in your head and say, whoa, 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 I need to deal with this. I need to answer this. I need to respond to this, and I need to get serious about what this means for my life. So every, every sermon this month, it, it, it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be about our priorities, about refreshing our priorities. But all the other sermons are built on the foundation of what we're going to learn this morning. This is, if you will, the cornerstone. It is, it is all about Jesus. And, and our, our, our message is simple. Treasure Jesus. Treasure him. Make him your ultimate priority so that your, all your other priorities will get in line behind him. If we will treasure Jesus above all and make him our ultimate priority, we will find that we gain eternal love, eternal peace, eternal life, eternal joy, living hope. We need that which is eternal because we are eternal. We're going to live forever. And we can't sustain our lives on a dying hope. All created things are dying. We need a living hope. We need one who has conquered death, who can sustain us and be our ultimate priority. Our text today, it's going to challenge us. And I want you to go ahead and get ready for this challenge. It's a very simple challenge. It's a profound challenge. Here's the challenge. Give up what you cannot keep to gain what you cannot lose. I want to encourage you even right now in your heart and mind to do the math and, and go ahead in your mind right now and be reasonable and, and go ahead in your heart right now and be willing to say, Lord, I'm going to be willing. I'm going to, I'm going to attempt to the best of my ability to trust you and to give up what I cannot keep to gain what you give that I cannot lose. Our text is in the New Testament. So if you've got your Bible and I hope that you do, let's go to Matthew chapter 13. We're going to be in verses 44 through 46. These are two powerful parables. We'll talk about what a parable is in just a moment. Kennedy is going to come and read for us. Let's all stand together in honor of God's word. Again, we're in Matthew 13, 44 through 46. After she reads, I'm going to encourage you to greet uh, one another and say good morning. Can you read that for us? The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Amen. Amen. Take just a minute and encourage one another, those who are around you this morning. It's so important that we know what we treasure. It's so important that what we, what we define as ultimate, our ultimate priority is clear in our minds because what we treasure and truly love will drive all of our other decisions. 
In this room right now, there, there are those who are actually Christians. You're, you're actually saved, but if you're honest, you don't treasure Jesus. Just as there are some who are here right now, you're actually married, but if you're honest, you don't, tre- you don't treasure your spouse. Uh, for, for the Christians, what, what, what happens is we, we choose a lesser thing. We, we choose something else that's created, something maybe that's very important, maybe even precious, but that thing cannot sustain us. And, and ultimately, it will ruin our lives. So it is for some of you who are married, rather than treasuring your spouse, you're treasuring something else that, that, that is, is not an ultimate. And, and if you're not careful, it's going to ruin your marriage. Friends, it's so very important that we understand what Jesus demands. He demands and he is worthy to be our ultimate priority. And here's the truth. If you truly know Jesus, you will truly love Jesus as he should be loved as your ultimate priority. If you truly love Jesus and make him your ultimate priority, you will gladly obey Jesus. If you do not gladly obey Jesus, it is because you do not truly love Jesus as he should be loved as your ultimate priority. Friends, if you're not truly obeying Jesus, you don't have a willpower problem. You have a love problem. You're not loving him as he is worthy to be loved. You have a priority problem. He is not your ultimate priority. So what does that look like? What does it look like to have Jesus as our ultimate priority, for him to be our treasure, to treasure Jesus? Our text today provides two parables. Now, what is a parable? I'm going to put this on the screen. You would see this in in your study Bible. But just as a reminder, a parable is a story that reveals a single eternal truth. So a a parable is to teach one eternal thing. You got to be careful with parables. They're not like narratives. Uh, even our preaching team this week, there was, there was some talk about pulling uh, information. Well, does it mean this? Does it mean this? No, no. A parable has a single eternal meaning. And the meaning of these two parables is the same. The point is clear. We are to treasure Jesus above all. And when we do, there will be two practical applications. And that's, that's what I want to share with you today. I just want to encourage you to write down and remember. And the first one is this. Treasure Jesus by joyfully releasing your kingdom. Joyfully releasing your kingdom. Now, if you'll notice in both instances, each man joyfully gave up everything to gain what was more valuable. In order to truly treasure Jesus, we must joyfully surrender all we are and all we have to him. I love the hymn by uh, Alvina Hall, and she's right. She said, I hear this Savior say, thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thy all and all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Look at verse 44. Look at this one. This man was not looking for the treasure he found. It reminds me of me. I wasn't looking for Jesus. I was looking for a date. I, I went to church for, for purposes other than to honor God. But I found a treasure in Jesus Christ. And, and he has radically changed my life. And one of the things I would encourage you to know, even if you're here today and you're not looking for Jesus, even you're here today and you're not a Christian, I want want you to know he's near. And he is worthy to be your Lord. He is worthy to be your treasure. He is worthy to be your your ultimate priority. Understand that, that if you can't see him, if you don't want him, there's one of two reasons for that. If you're not a Christian, it's because you don't have peace with God. 
And without peace with God, you can't see the treasure that Jesus is. And if you are a Christian, if you're not seeing him as the ultimate treasure, it's because you've, you've allowed sin and you've allowed something else to taint your appetite. And, and so you're, you're now off. Your, your, your desires are off. When, when Christ is not your ultimate treasure, you, 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 get, you, you get in a bad way. And, and, and things lose their, their sense of priority. And so I want to encourage you to know he's available, he's worthy, he's willing, and, and we should seek him. And you look at verses 45 and 46. Here's one who was seeking treasure. He was seeking the ultimate. And it sort of reminds me of Martin Luther, this, this man who wanted God, who wanted to, to know him and to please him, and he just couldn't. And here's what you need to know. If you're trusting in yourself today, if you think you're smart enough and you've got it all figured out, here's what you need to know. There have been far smarter people and far moral people and far greater people than you and I in this room who have found that they cannot in and of themselves make peace with God and to gain the life that we ultimately need. The life that we ultimately need must be received. And the only way we can have hands free to receive it is to first give up our own kingdom. We have to seek diligently. We have to trust completely. We have to allow him to be our ultimate priority. And friends, we can release our kingdom. We can release ourselves knowing that he is worthy. We, we can have our story changed. We can allow our story to become a part of the ultimate reality. The Bible reveals to us the ultimate reality of what has happened and what's happening in our world. What has happened is, is that God created everything out of nothing. But, but we sinned, and in the fall, we, we created the separation. We no longer have peace with God by, by nature. Not naturally, we don't. But God has come to rescue us, and he'll give us new life. He, he'll make us new. We can have peace with God and peace within and peace with others so that, so that we can then prepare for an eternal life, this world that God is going to restore. That's the story. Creation, fall, rescue, restoration. And God desires our story to become a part of that story. And the way that happens is that we understand that, that we're right now in, in a moment of brokenness. Our world is broken. And that is because of sin, our sin. We, we no longer are living in the midst of God's design, but there's good news. The gospel is this. We can stop trusting in ourselves. We can trust in Jesus Christ. We can make him our ultimate priority. We can make him our treasure and he can change us and he can make us new. If you make anything or anyone other than Jesus Christ your ultimate priority or your treasure, sooner or later, whatever it is, is going to fail. It's gonna die. And when it does, you will die too. You will lose your life because your life has been given to something that won't last. You have been made for eternal love, eternal life, eternal peace for that which is living, not that which is dying. Listen, if you desire something, if you long for something that, that no created thing can provide, that means that you've been made for something more. C.S. Lewis said it like this. If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was I was made for another world. You were made for something bigger. You were made for something better that this world cannot provide. Jesus said this in, in, in John 10, 9, I am the door. 
If anyone enters me, he will be saved and he will go in and and out and find pasture. Look, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And so Jesus, as the good, gracious God that he is, he commands us to come to him. He commands us to receive that which blesses and transforms. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and, and, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and I will, and you will find rest for your souls. He offers to us what we cannot earn. He offers to us what we cannot buy. He offers to us what we cannot create. He offers to us what this world cannot give. So in Isaiah 55, he says, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. You can't. You can't afford it, but you can receive it. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Friends, this is the greatest gift that you will ever receive. It is given by the one who is the maker and sustainer of all things. He is the one who was from the beginning and will, and will sustain till the end, who will restore, and he will give us what our souls long for. Only he can, it says in Revelation 21. And he said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can only receive it. To the one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. Friends, receive it joyfully by joyfully releasing your kingdom, what you can build, what you can make, what you can earn, what you can buy. Release that so that you can receive. Then and only then, and here's the second thing to write down and remember, then can you treasure Jesus by joyfully receiving God's kingdom. And when you receive Jesus as your king, you gain, you gain so much in life. He becomes for you, he becomes with you. You actually gain his kingdom, a whole new way of being. It's described this way in 1 Peter 2, but you are now a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you're God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You, you get a whole new, a whole new life a whole new way, a whole new purpose, and it will never die. It will never fade. It is all that you've ever desired. You get to to claim Jesus as your king, and he is a sovereign king. John 10, 27, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and look at this. Look at this promise, and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Isn't that awesome? Because he's the living eternal king. He gives us eternal life. 
and nothing can take us out of his hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father, out of the father's hands. I and the father are one. And this sovereign king loves us. This is Jeremiah 31, three. God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Romans 8, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And when we receive this life, when we receive what only he can give, when he is our treasure, we, we gain something. We gain a whole new, a whole new identity. You, you, are, you are no longer what you once were. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I, I, I love this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. You're new. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. What do we become? We become the dwelling place of God. This is 2 Corinthians 6, 16. For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you and I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Do you realize that everything else that you can hope in. And I realize, look, there's a lot of you here. I get it. Jesus is not your treasure. Something else is ultimate to you. That's what you're hoping in. But I want you to understand it is a dying hope. If your hope is not in Jesus Christ, okay, you're getting by. Okay, it's exciting. Okay, it tastes good. Okay, it feels good. But for how long? Friend, what you're hoping in, what you're basing your life on is a dying hope. What God gives us in Jesus Christ is a living hope. It's an eternal hope. It's a lasting hope. This is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last times. Friends, joyfully release what you can do, what this world can provide, and joyfully receive who Christ is. And, and what he will give you that will never be taken from you. I, I know this is challenging. I, I know it, it sounds so simple, but it, it, is, it is so, so difficult. And I say that because I remember, I remember wrestling with God over this. I remember thinking I had it figured out. <laughs> and I'm like some of you. I remember thinking that I knew better than God. How foolish. And I remember I heard this song. It's by, a song by Michael Card. As I was wrestling with God, and these words struck me, and I hope they strike you. Oh, it's hard to imagine the freedom we find from the things we leave behind. 
We show a love for the world in our lives by worshiping goods we possess. And Jesus says, lay all our treasures aside and love God above all the rest. Because when we say no to the things of the world, we open our hearts to the love of the Lord. (laughs) And it's hard to imagine the freedom we find from the things we leave behind. We're so much like this little girl in the picture. We've got something that we love and we think it's so precious and important and maybe it is, but friends, it, it won't last. What God wants to give us lasts forever and it's a better life than one you could ever hold on to or create on your own. We need to stop being like that, that silly child described by C.S. Lewis. He says, our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday, a vacation at the sea. Friends, we are far too easily pleased. How many of us in this room right now are building a life out of mud? How many of us today are constructing our identities and our futures and everything we we ever hope in out of mud? Base it on something that will not last. And if we're honest, we know is corrupted. We are being offered eternal life and love by the one true God who is good and loving and perfect in every way. And he is worthy to be our treasure. He is worthy to be our ultimate priority. And I want to encourage you today, if he is not, to make him your ultimate priority, to make him your treasure. Now, you may not know how to do that. You may be sitting here and be like I was over 30 years ago and not know how, not know what it means to to have Christ as your ultimate hope. Stay after. Come talk to me. Go talk to the folks out out in Guest Connect. Talk to someone with the name tag. This is important. Many of you here are actually Christians. But if you're honest, Jesus is not your treasure. Some created thing is, and it may even be a good thing, but it's not God and it cannot sustain you. I want to encourage you Christians today to repent of trusting in what you can create and what this world can give and put your hope fully in Christ alone and make him your treasure and your ultimate priority. I wanna pray for you. If you need to talk about how to do that, come see me or others afterward. I'm gonna ask God to to help us and then we're gonna share a blessing together. So let's stand together as I pray for us. Lord, help us. We are sheep. We are easily, easily deceived. We get caught up in stuff that doesn't matter and we get lost so easily. Find us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to treasure you. Whatever we have to give up, help us to see it's a small thing compared to you, that we might treasure you. Lord, we, we, we ask this. We, we, we need you. So please do this for your glory 
and our blessing in Jesus' name.